Welcome, and thank you for streaming this sermon. At Heritage Baptist Church, we believe that the Word of God and the Gospel of Jesus can truly change lives. So it is our hope and prayer that this service stirs up your affection for Christ and helps you to draw closer to Him. For more information, please visit hbchazlett.org. of the Spirit, notice the capital there, is given to every man to profit what? With all. So all these gifts are given by the Spirit of God to profit everyone. Verse 8, for to one is given the Spirit, the word of wisdom, to another the word of knowledge, by the same Spirit, to another faith, by the same Spirit, to another the gifts of healing, by the same Spirit, to another the working of miracles, to another prophecy, to another discerning of spirits, to another the verse of times of tongues, 
to another interpretation of tongues. But all these worketh one, in other words, all worketh one, all working together, and the self-same spirit, dividing to every man severely as he would, as he will. In other words, God is the one who gave you your gift. God is the one who gave you your talent, and he gave them as he would. You don't have a choice of what he gave you. As I've said before, if you have a problem with the gifts God's given you and the talents God's given you, take it up with him. Don't, don't take it up with me. Some people look at you know, their neighbor and say, hey, why does he got more gifts than me? Or why does he have more gifts than me? Uh, the Lord gave those gifts to you. Look at verse 12. For as the body is one, right, so my, my fleshly body, this is one body. It's an old body, but it's a body. And hath many members, right, my fingers, my toes, and all the members of that one body, being many, are one body. So also is Christ. In other words, uh, that body works together. So Christ works together. He wouldn't have individuals in the church opposing each other with their gifts. He wouldn't have confusion in the church with their gifts because all those gifts are given by the same Spirit to work together, together, not, not as they would, but as God would. For by one Spirit are we all baptized into one body, whether we be Jew or Gentile, whether we bond or free, and have been all made to drink of the same Spirit. Verse 13 is one of the verses in which the Pentecostals and many others use that we are baptized in the body of Christ. It's not what they're saying. That, that verse is saying that we are baptized in the baptistry. Talking about water baptism, not spirit baptism. We are baptized, that we are, by that same spirit, are we convicted, are we, um, in, that we are, we are um, convicted to get baptized. Right? In fact, Peter tells us that we don't get baptized, but we bother you. We bother you. So this is talking about, Water baptism, not spirit baptism. That's a whole other sermon, and I've preached it from the pulpit many times. Verse 14, For the body is not one member, but many. If the foot shall say, Because I am not the hand, am I not of the body? It is therefore not of the body. Verse 15, verse 16. And if the ear shall say, Because I am not the eye, am I not of the body? It is therefore not of the body. And if the whole body were an eye, were, uh, where we, were the healing? If the whole were healing, where is the smelling? Now hath God set the members, every one of them, in the body, as it hath pleased him. In other words, the, the nose can't say, well, I'm not part of the body. Or the ear can't say, well, I'm not part of the body. My ear is. You know, I can't hear as good as I used to. I can hear. Because that, that member is helping in the, in, in the body. Again, as it hath pleased him. Right? And... Look at verse 19. And if there were all one member, and if they were all one member, where were the body? And now are they many members, yet but one body. All my members working together in this body. So that's the analogy now. The analogy is the body, that's the body that we have. The analogy is the church works like the body works. It works together. I doesn't tell some, you know, the fingers what to do. It doesn't do. The ear doesn't say, well, I don't want to be a part of the body. You know, they all work together. Verse 19, if they were all more members, where were the bodies? But now are there many members yet one body. Verse 21, and the eye cannot say unto the hand, I have no need to be, nor again the head to the feet, I have no need to be. Nay, much more those members of the body which seem to be more feeble are necessary. Right? Do you ever uh, rub your toe? Uh, ever, ever uh, end the finger? And you think, well, well, that finger's not all that important until it gets hurt. And then you know what? The finger becomes important. Toe becomes important. Uh, so it's making it very clear that that no matter what gift you've been given, 
that there is no members of the body that are more important than others. Nay, much more are those members of the body which are seem to be more feeble are necessary. And those members of the body which, verse 23, which we think to be less honorable, upon these we bestow more abundant honor, and our uncomely parts have more abundant comeliness. Those who work in the background, those individual members who we don't see a lot of, but yet they're working, you know, helping in the kitchen, or I mean, one of the greatest examples is a nursery. Now, aren't you glad there's a nursery? Praise the Lord there's a nursery. And uh, though through COVID we kind of learned to put up with some of the, the racket in here when they were in here, but it is a lot better to have nursery workers back there working. For our coming parts have no need, but God hath tempered the body together, tempered, hardened the body together, having given more abundant honor to that part which lacked. Verse 25, that there should be no schism in the body, there should be no division in the body, but that the members should have the same care one of another. There should be no schism, there should be no problems in the body, we all work together, we all work together. We all care for one another. And whether they be, and whether one member suffer, verse 26, all the members suffer with it. Give her a, a toothache. Man, it just seems like that one little tooth infects the entire body. Hurts the entire body. Such a small little thing, and yet it's such, and that's what it's saying here. That member who is hurt, you think about the Perez family tonight, he's hurt. That should affect you. You see somebody praying for you. Think about Leanne Goble. That should affect you. To be praying for her. To be praying for Susie Williams. To be praying for Tim Scruggs. To be, you know, those members who are hurting physically those, and, uh, and spiritually, whatever it may be. That should bother you. It should, it should affect you. Whether one member suffer, all the members suffer with it, verse 26, and where one member be honored, all the members rejoice with it. So when a member is, is honored, when a member is lifted up, we ought to rejoice with that member. We ought to, uh, we ought to bring joy to our heart and not jealousy. Verse 27, now, are ye, uh, now ye are the body of Christ, and members in particular. We are the body of Christ. Here it is that the church is the body of Christ. And we are members in particular. Each one of you members of that body. Working together as, again, this, this body works together. Verse 28, and God has set some in the church, first apostles, and this is also a proof text that the church began in the gospel, not the book of Acts. Because the apostles were chosen in Luke chapter 6. Jesus Christ, when he chose the apostles, they were placed in the church. The church was already in existence uh, when he chose the apostles. So if, if that, um, that's something you need to care about. Maybe it's just a pastor. In our subject tonight, this has to do with God placing in the church apostles, secondary prophets, thirdly teachers. After the miracles, then gifts of healing, helps, governments, diversity of tongues. Are all apostles? Are all prophets? Are all teachers? Are all workers of miracles? Have all the gifts of healing? Do all speak in tongues? Do all interpret? But covet earnestly the best gift. Because you guys are coveting these outward gifts. You're coveting those who, who speak outwardly and have this gift of tongues and gift of healing. In other words, you're coveting the more showy gifts. And basically what he's saying, he's saying is stop it. Quit causing division because you don't have this gift and you don't have this gift and he's got this gift and she has this gift. Quit causing division. We are a body that works together. And I don't have the, any issues that I know of in the church right now. There's no issues that I know of. But remember, we're all working together. We all have been given gifts from God and they've been given to us as he sees fit and we are to work together to glorify him, to, 
to uh, be a blessing to those around us, to edify the body of Christ. We'll cover that in a moment. But he says there in verse 31, but earnestly, but covet earnestly the best gift, and yet show I unto you the more excellent way. By the way, the next chapter, he tells you what the best gift is, and that gift is charity. Look at verse, chapter 13, verse 1. Though I speak to the sons of men and angels, I do believe Paul's being sarcastic here. I believe absolutely there's sarcasm going on. He said, though I could speak to the sons of men and angels, and have not charity, I become a sounding brass and thinking sinner. He's not saying that there is a tongue of men and angels. He's just being sarcastic. So you guys are way off base. That church in Corinth is way off base. He said you need to quit it and quit concentrating on these special gifts and concentrating on loving each other and loving the world out there. Verse 2, And though I have the gift of prophecy and understand all mystery and all knowledge, and though I have all faith so that I can move mountains and have not charity, love and action, I am nothing. And though I bestow all my, uh, my goods to defeat the poor, and though I give my body to be burned, and have not love, love and action, it profiteth me nothing. Charity suffers long in its time. And it gives you the definition of love there. And notice in verse 7. Charity beareth all things, believeth all things, hopeth all things, endureth all things. Charity never faileth. I just want to cover this real quick. But whether there be prophecies, verse 8. 1 Corinthians 13, verse 8. I'm going to help you here. But whether there be prophecies, this gift of prophecy, they shall fail. Whether there be tongues, what does it say? They shall cease. The gift of tongues shall cease. And whether there be knowledge, it shall vanish away. For we know in part and we prophesy in part. But when that, but when that which is perfect is come, that's not talking about Jesus. Right? Or it would say when he which is perfect is come. That is the Bible. When that which is perfect is come, that which is in part will be done away with. It's very clearly saying to us, Paul is clearly saying to us, that when the word of God was completed, and the word of God was completed in about 95 A.D., between 90 and 100 A.D., when John, uh, the Apostle John, completed the book of Revelation, the word of God was completed. Once the word of God was completed, there was no more need for the gift of tongues. There was no more need for the gift of prophecy. There's no more need for these outward, showy gifts. The Word of God was completed. They had everything that they needed in order to function as, 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 as a church. Look at verse 11, a verse that is misinterpreted as nearly every funeral I ever went to. Verse 11, when I was a child, I spake as a child, I understood as a child, I thought as a child, but when I became a man, I put away childish things. Paul is using the analogy he was saying. When the church was in its infancy, when the church was young, when the church didn't have the Bible to guide them, to, to give them the ways in which they should function, God used special gifts such as tongues. God used special gifts such as prophecy to help the church uh, to function how he would have to be fit. You think about it tonight, if we didn't have the Bible to tell us how to how to have a lesson of deacons or how to have whatever it may be, then God would send that message to one of the members. And Brother Taylor might stand up, and he may speak in, by the way, tongues is another language, not an unknown language. Tongues is always, when Brother Taylor got up and he spoke in Spanish, somebody here knows he's Spanish, and they interpret for Brother Taylor, by the way, you could not be in a service, 1 Corinthians chapter 13, 14, 15, tell you, but you could not be in a service where somebody was speaking in tongues unless there was an interpreter. So you would never be in a service where somebody used this special gift where it was not given the interpretation, in other words, you would know what was being said. That's just confusing. And so Brother Taylor would get up and he'd say, hey, here's how God wants us to do this. And I've been given this by God. It would be interpreted. And someone else, a third person, would confirm that God had said that. And it was very, very much put in place by God. But once the Word of God completed, they no longer needed the special gift. 
By the way, the special gifts, the gifts of healing, the gifts of prophecy, the gifts of tongues, they were also required to be a Jew prayer because they were a special sign to the Jews. And again, once the word of God was completed, those things were done. Again, now I look through a glass darkly, but sin face to face. When I was a child, I was a child, I was still a child. But when the word of God is completed, I no longer am a child. I'm an adult, and I, and I have the Bible to help me understand. Look at verse 12. For now I see through a glass darkly, but then, talking about when the word of God is completed face to face, now I know in part, but then shall I know even as also I'm known. Many funerals, they use this verse to say that one day when we get to heaven, we'll know you know, everything and know why these things happen. And that is true. We don't use this word uh, to, uh, to, to use that. We are to be, we're, we're, we are the body of Christ. We are to work together. We are to work together. There is no member who is less important. There is no member who is more important. But God has tempered the body together. He has taken, he has, he has put it in the cold water, put it in the hot water. And he's tempered the word, he's tempered us together. That's what he's, his, the ideal situation is that we are been hardened together, to work together for the cause of Christ. Working together. All of us striving to edify. All of us striving to reach people to God. If you're following there and you want the outline, what are we to do? How do we get started? How do we get started in working for the Lord? Number one, you need to be saved. I, I know I'm preaching the fire tonight, but tonight I hope that you know Jesus Christ is saved. Because that's the first step in serving the Lord. The first step is the baby step is to get saved. After you're saved, then we are to grow in the Lord. In John chapter 15, Jesus describes those who grow in the Lord as bearing fruit. And we as Christians ought to bear fruit. We ought to bear, bear fruit, more fruit, and much fruit as we continue to grow in the Lord. You ought to be able to look back and see the fruit that you have you bear. You see the, see the things that you have done in, in, the, in the cause of Christ. Growing in the Lord. Are you saved? Are you growing? Number two, number two is the church. In other words, the church. I will build my church, Jesus said. He loved the church and gave himself for it. And uh, again, you ought to be a member of a local church. I know tonight, and I'm preaching again to mostly members tonight, but uh, Jesus Christ established the church. He built the church. He loves the church. He gave himself for it. I still every once in a while come across somebody, pretty often come across somebody who says, well, I don't believe in organized religion. Well, Jesus did. He started the church. He started the church. He gave his life for the church. I think if he gave his life for the church, I think he thinks the church is pretty important. And, and according to Acts chapter 2, we, we as Christians ought to join a church. You ought to be a part of the body of Christ. You, ought, you, you, need, you need a church. And therefore, not only do you need a church to be a blessing to you, but you need a church to be a blessing to them. And a place to serve. Every person, every Christian ought to be a part of a local church. Understand that Jesus Christ is not commissioned with red cross, he commissioned with it. And we mentioned this the other night during spiritual. Number three, consistent. As Christians, we ought to strive to live a consistent life. We ought to strive to live a consistent Christian life. We ought to strive to read our Bibles daily and pray daily, attend church faithfully, to give as we ought to give, give of our tithes and offerings, and, and serve the Lord. Serve the Lord. As we read our Bibles, as we pray to the Lord, as we develop a walk with the Lord, then it will affect our work. Our worship, which in, which in turn affects our walk with God, which in turn affects our work with God. 
if you are worshiping the Lord and you're walking with Him, then you will work for Him. It's a natural expression of the walk that you have with the Lord. It will naturally happen. You'll want to serve in some capacity. So being consistent and walking with the Lord will bring about fruit, and that fruit will be service. 1 Corinthians 14, we read it uh, last Sunday. Moreover, if you're tired of the spirit, that a man be found faithful. And if you're faithful to walk with the Lord, it will produce it will produce work in our life. It's about Noah and many others who work for the Lord. Are you involved in working for Him? The fourth point is consider. Consider. In other words, where do you fit in? We went over that some this morning. We'll go over here a little bit in just a moment again. But where do you fit in? Every member is a part of the body. Never member to be involved in the body to exercise the gifts that God has given you. And where are you involved? First Peter 410 again, if every man have received the gift, even so minister the same one to another as a good steward of the manifold graces of God. We covered that last week. The manifold graces of God. Everyone who is saved and born again Christians and given gifts is manifold grace of God and we ought to be good stewards of those and here in particular, as we think about it, we're talking about the talents of God's given us, the gifts that God's given us, the good spirits of those gifts. Gifts are given to us by God and uh, to serve. They're given by God to meet specific needs in the church, in the church family. The gift God's given you is unique in order that you might be a blessing to your church, to be a blessing to your church family. Using God, using the talents you have, and preach those talents and, uh, and, and part of that. You think about those who sing in the choir, who put the blessings to us. The ladies who sang this morning, the Brandon who sang tonight, using your gift to be a blessing. By the way, it does impact business to walk through the world. It does matter that the choir, you know, has some people. It does matter that the choir smiles and leaves us on the game track, right? It matters. It impacts that first impression, it impacts business as well. Again, we all use our talents to encourage each other. The purpose of the gifts is that, and it's found in Ephesians chapter 4. The Bible says there to edify the body of Christ, to minister to the church and to the community as we, as we serve the Lord. Every member should be a minister. Every member should be a blessing and a help. Every member is given gifts to encourage the church family, to encourage our church family. Again, someday we'll give an account for those gifts. Number five is counsel. Number five is counsel. Just in counsel, if you, if you don't know where you serve or don't, don't know where you serve. Just in counsel from myself or for the vision. Just counsel from one of their deacons or from the chemistry teacher. Have somebody have, go to one of them, have them pray with you. But just because you don't know where you fit in, that's not the case. Jump in somewhere. Just in counsel as to where you should be, where you should be. We're best to use your time. And number six is commit. Commit. We always talk about this. Commit. It, it takes a commitment. Last year, at the first of the year, I had several. I'd say two or three men who'd been around a while to come to me and say, Preacher, I want to jump back in. And then COVID did his thing. Things just got complicated. I want to encourage you. If you've been, uh, if, you've, if you've made that commitment before, make that commitment again. So Preacher, I just don't, don't seem to have a follow-up. Let's pray about it. Pray about it. 
When you do commit, jump in with both feet. Get involved. Get involved. Paul said, follow me as I follow Christ. Hello? What an example we have in Paul. And we, we, can, uh, we can go forward and be committed and jump in and vote. And then number seven is commit. Get going. Get going. See the difference you can make. There's always going to be challenges. There's always going to be difficulties. But the rewards far outweigh the price. People's lives can be changed forever. How many of you have been around here in you know, 10 or 15 years, maybe even 20 years? And now to see some of our young, young people who, who have stepped around, who are now married, and now serving. Is it worth it? Of course it is. Absolutely. As a, as a pastor, to see individuals like Brother Stone, Brother Ben Taylor, and others, Brother Jesse Wright, to see these people come out of our church and who have been on our staff, even Frank Kepler, we talked about Brother Frank Kepler, our first week after pastor in, in uh, Jacksonville now, and this may have been for 10 years. We had a party. This place. Those of you working in Phillips Church and Master Club and watch these kids grow up and get an opportunity to teach them, and sometimes they're kicking you or they're whatever it may be, and they're being loud, and somebody fed them a, you know, a Reese's Pieces letter cut beforehand. And then lastly, number eight is continue. Many times the devil may not try to stop you from serving, but he might try to render you ineffective. Here's what, here's what happens a lot of times. People will jump in with both feet and really get so excited, and then they'll jump into the ministry and working in some civil church or master club or wherever it may be, and they find out that somebody doesn't meet their expectations. I'll take on a step and follow him may not meet your expectations. By the way, both Tyler King still learns. He's like, he's like 12. And just because you're 35 or you're 50 and he doesn't quite meet up to your expectations doesn't give you an excuse to fit. Sorry, both Tyler King. By the way, you can hang out with me for a month or two and follow me around. I won't meet your expectations. Don't use that as an excuse. Well, you know, those, those people, and start being one of those people, and start being one of those guys who, who are down on people in the church. And well, we're, none of us perfect. None of us perfect. We're all, but we all want to work together. We all want to see the self, that self-same spirit as we work together for the cause of Christ to bring people to Jesus. That's it. You don't allow the devil to get you distracted because somebody didn't meet your expectations. He'll render you ineffective. You see somebody else fail and somebody else falter and they say, well, they failed and they quit. No matter what they do, you're not, you're not following them. Right? Turn your eyes upon Jesus. Look to Jesus, the author of the faith of our faith. Keep your eyes on the Lord. Peter, <laughs> Peter began to sink there in that, uh, that lake because he got his eyes off the Lord. Don't get your eyes on somebody else. 
and then sometimes we, we get become ineffective because we're struggling in the flesh. We just kind of get that burnout. And there's times, physically speaking, where we need a break. There's times, mentally speaking, where we need a break. But be careful about struggling in the flesh. I, I, I've never done that before. So I've done it many times. And I had to, re- I had to remind myself. And I do get to that point, uh, you know, not relying on the Lord, relying on myself. And I don't have that kind of energy. I don't have that kind of power. I don't, I don't have the ability to sit in my office and counsel with somebody whose life is falling apart. And I don't have the answer. I need to get the answer from the Lord. We've got to rely upon Him. Put on the whole armor of God. And we will stand against the wiles of the devil. Don't let the devil discourage you. He is a roaring lion seeking human aid to buy. He wants to see you discouraged. He wants to see you deterred. He wants to see your ideas responded. Whatever you want to say. Don't let him do it. The preacher, I was thinking about, you know, jumping back into that minute. Oh, but this happened or that happened. What, what Everybody can come up with excuses. A football team works together, right? I think Brother Todd Clark has done a great job with our team and our, our Christian school has done a great job. And this last year especially, I promise you there's no one very proud who thought he had to make a mistake on one person. Maybe you did, but not, not the other group, not us. Yeah, that team didn't have a lot of talent. Let's be honest. I know some of them in here, but they didn't have a lot of talent. There's a good coach who takes that, what it counts as play. I'll tell you, I'm telling you, That's a message. I'm just speaking the truth. The great coach who can take what talent he has and take whatever gifts are there and use and get each player to play to their full potential, right? right? By the way, even sometimes past their potential. All working together. And the players that are the issues are those demons who think, well, you know, I'd play a lot better if, if the equipment was better. Well, for 10 to 50 categories, it's not like we have a billion dollars to spend on equipment. We don't. What you want to pay for it. I don't think somebody did pay for our new house. But you can't make excuses like, well, if we had better better material, we had this or that. Come on. There's, there's lots of excuses. Just jump in and serve. Jump in and serve. Some of just need it. They just want to make sure they got affirmation and somebody's watching them. Serving the Lord shouldn't require a pat on the back. No. It should not require a pat on the back. Every once in a while, pastor, I'll do that. I was told by a pastor who was one of my mentors who said to me, you should never, never tell somebody to come to me. I'm not going to do that. I think it's good to tell somebody, hey, good job. Good job. That's a mentor. What a great job. Somebody else is going to talk about that. We ought to all work together, understanding that there are any excuses will do that. That, again, Satan's the war in line, sick as you may Don't allow him to deter you. Get in and Are you saved tonight? You know Jesus has a Savior. If you do, you ought to be growing in the Lord. As you grow in the Lord, the natural product of that, the natural fruit of that will be served. Working for him. Are you working for him? Are you involved somewhere? What does it have to be teaching the things like that? It, it doesn't have to be singing your part. Maybe you don't have a good But if you do have a good voice, you ought to be in the car. 
whatever area of service you ought to be involved in. So we'll think of this, this or that. And I told you this morning, if you don't, <laughs> if you don't like people, that's just kind of your, your thing. You kind of just alone. Come, come, come help mold the yard. You can serve the Lord that way. Every member is important. No matter what you may think that position may, may hold or where that position may be in, in level one, level two, level three, level four, there are no levels to the Lord. All members working together. All members are the same, according to God, the same importance. There's always a place to stand. Again, we are tempered together. We're stronger together. We ought to work together in unity. On behalf of our church and staff, thank you for listening to this sermon. For more sermons and more information about our church, please visit hbchazlett.org.